Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, Arsenal fans, and welcome along to our latest 49 Undefeated podcast from the team at Football.London. Uh, I'm Tom Marshall-Bailey, site editor, uh, and I'll be your host once again today. Arsenal writer Charlie Watts is here with me too. Good afternoon, Charlie. Afternoon, Tom. How are you? I'm a very good mate. Yourself? You didn't get to go to the Leicester game, unfortunately, I did didn't. you? My, but but my, I, I, I want you to tell everyone about what happened to your computer in the aftermath of Olivier Giroud's fantastic header. It may, it may have ended up on the floor in my, uh, my <laughs> living room while I was working from home. Uh, the reason I wasn't there as well is that my missus managed to put her neck out brushing her hair, would you believe? And that's actually the God's honest truth. Um, so yeah, I was stuck at home rather than being at the Emirates. But uh, and uh, yeah, the computer it was all a bit tense in my living room, and the computer may have borne the brunt of Olivier Giroud's winner. Yeah, it still works, eh? Good. What happens? That's you... that's encouraging that a journalist has a, a fully functional. Well, it was it was resting on my lap as I was right. writing, and he, he threw it, up. and it ended up yeah flying across the room. What a header so, as well! And I, I should mention before we get too carried away, Andy Ha, uh, social media editor Anguna joins us as well for today's pod. So. Good afternoon to you uh, too. Hi, Tom. All right. Yeah, not too bad. I, I I think obviously the Leicester game was kind of you know plenty of plenty of positives, but also a lot of negatives as well. Arsenal very vulnerable defensively. Question marks over the centre of that midfield, but obviously some some positives as well. Alexander Lacazette getting his first goal within two minutes of the game, starting Ramsey and Giroud coming off the bench and proving their worth once again. So it, it was a bit of a mixed bag, but for me. With the benefit of hindsight now, when you look back on that opening weekend, Liverpool dropping points, Chelsea, you know, a defeat that no one saw coming. And while it wasn't quite the statement that Man United went and delivered, or maybe Spurs and, and City were a bit more professional in how they went about their business, it's three points. Yeah, and Arsenal don't tend to get three points on the opening day of the season. Absolutely. So, uh, no, I'm more than happy. You know, it's what you want to do. You want to get up and running as, um, as fast as you can, and Arsenal have done that. They're sitting now looking at the league table on three points, and going into this weekend knowing a victory at Stoke will make it a very good start to the season and you know, a lot of people went overboard I think and the criticism of Arsenal after the game and the sort of worries and concerns that raised about the defence that you got it was a totally makeshift defence it was yep. two left backs and a young kid playing in a back three against a very good attacking side I mean Leicester caused a lot of people problems with that pace of the movement they've got and you know, Arsenal were poor there's no hiding that but um, sort of listening to Carragher and Neville as I was watching it at home the criticism what stuff they were coming out with they went just slightly over the top I think and Arsenal showed at the end of last season that they were tight and compact in that new system um, and I've got no worries or massive worries that they're going to be as open as they were against Leicester every single week I think once the players come back and you've actually got centre-backs playing in their real positions then, um, then Arsenal will certainly improve massively in defence. And we've seen going forward, they're going to score goals. And I thought they looked very good at times going forward. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm 
perfectly happy with the start. Obviously, it'd have been nice to win four nil, do a Man United and, and stuff. But the, the big thing on the opening day is getting a win, and, and they did that. And the way they did it as well, doing a world of good. The character to show, yeah, to come from absolutely. behind so late and and get that win. And like you said, there was plenty of plenty of positives. And I, I'm a I'm a happy Arsenal fan after after one week of the Premier League season. Good. Probably all is going to last as well. But. Well, you're going to Stoke on Saturday, so that will make you very unhappy yeah. as soon as you try and crawl up the M6 on a Saturday Saturday morning. Um, Andy, if if there were any negatives, uh, obviously we touched on the defence, but I, I, I completely agree with Charlie. I, I think you look at that back three, Rob Holding, I thought, looked like a player lacking in support. I, I, thought, I thought Bellerin had an awful first half personally. I thought he gave him little to no protection in that right-sided role. I don't think Monreal particularly helped either because naturally he was more inclined to go over to the left-hand side of the defence. But for me, as Charlie said, I, I think you know, you've got to think about the, the absentees there. Mustafi wasn't in there. He was on the, only on the bench. Koscielny's, yeah, you know, still suspended. On the face of it, we were probably missing... You know the spot. Pre, pre, like, so our two best players, Ozil yeah. and Sanchez, weren't playing. And like you say, Mustafi wasn't playing. Ozil was playing. Oh, sorry, Ozil was playing. But Sanchez yeah. wasn't playing. Ramsey wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, and, and then you're missing the, the like three top centre backs. Yeah. So to get three points on the opening day, which like Charlie says, we don't often do, um, it's probably the most important thing is just to get through that game and, and just put the points on the board. Um, what for me, and I'm just opening this up to both of you, but I thought the most concerning thing about that game for me was Mohamed Elneny's performance. I thought he. Well, frankly, looked at, at times like he was towing a caravan on his back, trying to keep up with Vardy. And and, and the, probably the biggest problem for me, which it took Arsenal probably a good 30, 40 minutes to even begin to acclimatise to, was Shinji Okazaki. Just in that little role that he had in front of the back three, behind the midfield two, Xhaka and Elneny just could not get to grips with the kind of movement that he had off Vardy. And those two caused us havoc. And I thought that was as much down to the midfield failing to spot that kind of movement as it was to the back three. I think that's where Arsenal are going to come up short this season is that position. They don't have someone who can naturally fill in and sit as a complete protective barrier and possibly pick up a number 10 who floats around in that sort of position because Xhaka's not that player. Elneny's not that player. Possibly Coquelin is, but he's not going to play too often. Um, and So I think that's where they're really lacking. I mean, for, for me, they're just crying out for another central midfielder. Absolutely crying out. And I haven't seen too much of Jean Seri, but he does appear to be the perfect player for Arsenal who could come in and really improve not just the squad but arguably the team then there would be the debate on who's he replaced Ramsey or Xhaka but um, I think that's an area that Arsenal are massively lacking and um, and it, it was shown up against Leicester no doubt about that I thought Xhaka had a, Xhaka had a, a mixed game because obviously he ended with two assists and had some very important roles to play in the match but he was also very poor for a couple of their goals obviously giving the ball away yep. for the Vardy's um, in the build-up to Vardy's first and his marking in the corner for Vardy's second was just do you, abysmal. Do you feel with Xhaka, and I feel a little bit like this with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as well, Andy, that he's one of those players that when he seems to make a mistake, it always seems to get punished. I remember like when he gave the ball to Sigurdsson in the home game against Swansea last season when we won 3-2 yeah. and he goes and buries a pretty ridiculous finish in the top corner. And I always feel... I feel it's a similar situation with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It's like when we lost 3-1 at home to Monaco in the Champions League when he scored that brilliant goal to get us back in yeah. it and then he was the one that lost possession and they went straight up the other end and got that crucial third yeah, goal. Right. I feel like he, Jack is similar in that for all the good he does, 
And also, as well as the two assists, let's not forget that party play to Bellerin in the build-up to um, to Lacazette's goal was superb as well. That mm. crossfield pass. It feels like there's kind of. I feel like the game was basically a microcosm of Xhaka so far yeah. at Arsenal. You know, yeah. we, we you saw what he's good at. He he, he can spray great balls across the pitch, and you know, he's, I reckon he's going to chip in on quite a few assists this season. And his delivery from set pieces is great. But then you get him playing, like Charlie says, blind balls across the midfield to, to their winger. And and like you say, you know, marking from set pieces and things like that. It just feels like, I don't know whether him and Ox, they get punished for their mistakes because maybe they're trying passes that other players don't and they don't always take the safe option. Who yeah. knows? But, um, it, you know, it's something that they've, well, Shaq especially has got cut out. You know, you can't be playing sort of blind passes when you're just got back into the game. I just don't think with Xhaka he's, he's a defensive midfielder. Like I was coming, I was listening on the radio the other day and someone was talking about going through the options of what all the top teams have in that defensive midfielder. I think that the, the, I think the topic conversation was mainly about Matic and they were sort of comparing to what the other club, clubs had and for Arsenal it was Xhaka and I was just thinking it's just not it's not a comparison. It's not that he's not that sort of player. He's the, he's a player who will split the lines and play the, play the short ball through. That's why I think you need another player to get the best out of him. Yeah, alongside him. And I do think him and Ramsey have shown good signs of partnership. They did in the second half of last season, especially once we went to the three at the back. But long term, I'm still not convinced that is a, a title-winning central midfield pairing. I'm just not sure. I, th- I think you do need more of a defensive-minded player there to, to help out defensively. Um, and I'm just not sure Xhaka is that. He seems to be pigeonholed by a lot of people, certainly a lot of people outside of Arsenal, as he's that player but he's really not he's he's someone who starts much more starts attacks going and, and can have an effect in the attacking third with his fantastic range of passing I mean his ball for Ramsey's goal was fantastic it was a superb pass yeah. you know, he picked him out Ramsey bet it was just on a sixpence basically he just had to get it out of his feet and shoot it was a great finish by Ramsey but it was almost wonderful, felt like wonderful there was a ball. bit of a wavelength there as well the way that he kind of just almost to get it out of his feet that quickly and almost just know that Ramsey would have taken up that position mm. that he'd made that run mm. to me it smacked of you know oh, it's encouraging a good understanding there. yeah what did we th- what did we think of Alexander Lacazette lads How I thought he was good I, yeah. I've been really impressed with him so far in a couple of games I thought he was great in the community shield he didn't get his goal but I was really impressed by the way he held the ball up in the community shield and he showed a lot of strength he, he, he was quicker than I thought he was going to be um, and he didn't get that much Support, but he he made a couple of things happen by himself, and I, I thought that was impressive. His finish was great, you know. That's not brilliant finish. Just he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. D- didn't overexert himself or anything like that. He just perfectly finished it. Yeah, could have had the could have had the winner just before. Obviously, it was his shot that was saved that led to the corner for the winner, wasn't it? And he did well there. Showed a bit of skill. Um, it was handy moving out to the left hand side to accommodate Giroud. No, I, I've been I've been impressed and pretty excited by what I've seen from Lacazette so far. His 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 movement deep, wide, in behind. He yeah. seemed to constantly be on the move, which I thought was massive for us in that game because we, the way Leicester were playing against us, we needed someone who was going to be able to stretch them and drag mm. players out of position. I felt like he did that. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like finally we've got that option that's different to Olivier Giroud. Like Giroud's perfect to come off the bench in situations like that. But I think the one thing that impressed me about Lacazette actually was his his touch and his hold up play, like Charlie says. Like um, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not you know six foot five, but he held it up really well, and he, he linked he linked quite well with people like that, Urzu and, and Welbeck. Um, and do you think he? Do you think he kind of like there's a hybrid of qualities that Welbeck and Giroud offer? 
with probably yeah. better finishing. It's certainly got better finishing, I think there's no doubt about that as well, I mean, the, than the, Welbeck anyway. The joke about Welbeck now is yeah. that he's registering more assists from scuff, yeah. scuffing mm. open goal misses. He's not, he's not, he's not been the greatest in front of goal. He did get his goal, although he did his best I, to get that. Miss, I was going to say, he missed it. Feet. <laughs> it. I mean, he that, dug it out thankfully, but he did, he did do his best to get it stuck under his feet from the from the pass. Um, I do like Danny Welbeck. I think he's a good. I think he's a very good player, and yeah. um, and he offers an awful lot. But yeah, his finishing could be better. Um, Giroud's a decent finisher. I think you look at you look at Giroud's stats in terms of chance taking. He does miss the occasional clanger, which I think gets highlighted a lot. But in terms of sort of one touch finishes and, and things like that, he's got a, he must have a fairly decent conversion rate. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about Lacazette. I've, we all knew how many goals he scored when he got here, but unless we have, you have real keen observers of the French League, we didn't know exactly what you were going to get. So we're all interested to see. And for me, the early signs have been pretty good. And he's only going to get better as well. He's adjusting to the Premier League. And I think it was a big thing for him to get that goal and get sort of get up and running straight away. And we're excited to see how he links up with Sanchez. Yes, if exactly. Sanchez and he's got that to come back. And I think those two also really enjoy each other. And, and Ozil as well, because Ozil's just coming back to form. I thought he was way below fitness against Leicester. He didn't look, he didn't in, look in sharp. In that kind of game as well, where it was so end-to-end. Yeah. Arsenal, there wasn't really a period of play until the last sort of 20 minutes when you could see Leicester were beginning to tire and that's when Arsenal, you know, duly took advantage. But I didn't feel there was a period in the game where we necessarily dictated possession no, or the tempo of the game. They would just always so dangerous on the break. It was just a quick ball, get Mares, get get it in space, look straight over the top to release Mares. I mean, there were a couple of times in that second half where some real last-ditch sort of Monreal putting his leg up to stop. Yep. Vardy get away or check racing out and, and yep. making that tackle that it was it was just one of those matches. Thought. It was just one of those matches you had Classic no Emirates idea. Match, yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. it was it was perfect <laughs> Arsenal encapsulated in ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to Stoke, obviously Arsenal have now decided to put their press conferences on Wednesday, so it feels like we can't touch too much on the Leicester game given that was almost a week ago now. Um you, I, I saw you mentioned earlier, Charlie. You'd be minded to go for for Giroud up top. Would that be in addition to Lacazette? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm okay. I'm in an R in over it. I just Giroud was very, very good at Stoke last season. He provided an awful lot. Scored two goals, but defensively, with the set plays you have to deal with at Stoke, you've got to be bang on it. And Giroud's so important in terms of get in terms of defending set plays. So I'm thinking at both ends of the pitch, he could be a, an option. Lacazette has been played in pre-season now on the left to accommodate the pair of them when they've been playing together and he showed in the last 20 minutes that he did that he can do yeah. that job well but do you really want 70 minutes of Lacazette playing on the left I'm not sure you'd probably rather have a, a Welbeck who is yeah. more suited to drifting out, out wide yeah. um, so I'm not sure but I just think it's it's an option that I'm that Wenger must be considering with Giroud because you know what you're going to get at Stoke it's not, it's not rocket science you're going to have to deal with some serious aerial threat and some bombardment at times Intri- intriguingly with them is they've gone to three at the back now so they are going to play the same formation as us most likely and I was really intrigued when I looked at their team sheet at Everton that, that they were playing Mama Biram Juf as a right wing back and you were there at the Bet365 last season and saw the joy Nacho Monreal got down that fight I mean, I mean on Saturday Kalasanach has to play in that left wing yeah. role, he has to. Like, I don't want to see Oxlade Chamberlain. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the right, and I think that's a debate we can probably come on to in a minute. But for me, the joy that Monreal got in that position last season, 
I don't think it would be Shakiri that he comes up against. That's why he got so much joy. It was, it was the laziest performance I've ever seen from a footballer, Shakiri in that game. But you, awesome. you think if he's coming up against Duke, who... Oh, you'd fancy him all day long. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I wrote something about it earlier um, that I haven't published yet. But yeah, Kalasnach on the left absolutely has done it. As long with the centre-back options that are coming back, it looks like Mertesacker is going to be involved. Um, it looks like Mustafi is going to be involved. Um, if you sort of just bring those two back into the fray, then that frees up the space on the left, and he's got to play left wing back Kalasnach. Now we've got to see him unleash down that side, and again with what Stoke are going to offer, he's going to he he would also help sort of combat that physical side of things because there's no one who's going to push Kalasnach off the ball. And you um, and you think Mertesacker and Mustafi and Monreal would I'm assuming would be all of our back three. I'm guessing that's what it'll be, yeah. And well, if if we're looking at Stoke's lineup. I would, I would imagine. I, I'm interested to see if Shakiri would actually start on Saturday because they've gone out and bought this Hesse Rodriguez and this Chupo Moting from on a free transfer. I think most Champions League winners in the in the Premier League squad now. I know, right? remarkable. Five <laughs> Champions League winners in that Stoke City squad, which is which is quite disturbing as far as I'm concerned. But um, I I'm interested to see how they're going to play against us because. On the face of it, you would say, yeah, they they they'd go long. They've got three centre halves in Shawcross, Cameron, Zuma, who will probably look to get rid of the ball. None of those are comfortable on the ball, you'd say. But then you look at that front three of potentially it's quite, it's quite a small front three, Berahino, Chupo, Moting, and Hesse, and it's not what you'd consider an archetypal Stoke front three. No, like even true. even Arnautovic last season against when he when he kind of ganged up on Bellerin and Holden in that second half period when Stokes really started to. You know, get back into the game, and obviously, I think you know he teed up Crouch's goal. You look at that front three now, and it doesn't seem quite the kind of physically imposing, daunting strike force of Peter Crouch and John Walters no. that we've had no. so many problems with. I'm so glad John Walters is gone. I actually feel like it'll be a, you know less sort of physical game than we used to at Stoke away in recent years, definitely, because we know Hughes tried to move Stoke away from that sort of long ball physical yeah. sort of game anyway, but. Um, you, so if you know if, if they try and play football and and then Arsenal can hit them on the break, I feel it'll be perfect for for us on Saturday. To be honest, yeah. Do you think it's bad timing with these two new signings, particularly the excitement no, and I, fanfare that's come with this? Hesse I don't signing. think so. I no? think I think you, you you almost want it before they're bedded in or anything. I don't, I think Arsenal have got too much to worry about at Stoke. I don't I don't think they've got well, the monkey off the bat. You'd hope not. Yeah, they've got the monkey off the bat in, back in terms of last season. They went there, they won convincingly. Um, coped with everything Stoke had to offer, and admittedly, no, they're not going to have Alexis Sanchez this this weekend, which is obviously a disappointment. But you got plenty of you got plenty of goal threat for Arsenal there. You got defensively, you're going to be a lot stronger than you were last weekend. So I think Arsenal just go there, weather the storm. Sorry to cliche for the first twenty minutes and sort of quieten the crowd down a little bit. I think they'll have too much Stoke. It's just not the uh, the away trip that you once was really, is it? It's not. No. It isn't, but what I would say is that a they always get up for games against us because yeah there is this really little sort of tim weird pot, rivalry they are a tin pot little football club who enjoy playing against Arsenal so there's that b <laughs> and uh, that, I, I'm I don't there's, care there's that I've said for that. the podcast so <laughs> <laughs> those are the views of Tom Marshall Bailey I, I, I'm not I, I really London. really really couldn't care less um, <laughs> with with the voice of the fans and I feel like that is pretty much what all our Arsenal it fans assessment of Stoke Arsenal City would be but, yes. but I guess my take on it is that Stoke fans from what I've seen from and very much from the outside looking in 
all summer it's been very pessimistic doom and gloom even like to lose players like John Walters and Phil Bardsley to them has probably been quite you know hard to take no I think so I mean before they signed Hesse yesterday that's that's what I mean now all of a sudden out of nowhere they've gone from kind of like a feeling of nothingness about that club I don't feel there was any sort of excitement excitement about this season for them at all lots of people predicting them to struggle all of a sudden now they've just got a little impetus which might inject something into the fan base on Saturday. Well, you just got to deal with it. If you're yeah. Arsenal, you just got to go there and do it. I don't know. I just say he's not going to turn them into world beaters at mm. all. So, no, I'm not. Not. I don't know why. I'm pretty. It's probably going to come back to bite me. But I'm really not concerned <laughs> about this. I'm, well, we'll come I, to predictions. I'm later. generally terrified about going to Stoke. Obviously, I've been over the years, <laughs> but I just. I'm. I'm totally confident we're going to go there and, and, and turn them over this time. Agreed. Like we did last season. Well, if we. I was saying to you earlier um, before we started recording that if Arsenal were to if Arsenal were to and I, I think a win is, is massive this weekend because if they go and win there Spurs Chelsea this weekend as well let's not forget on the Sunday go to Stoke get those three points tune into the Spurs Chelsea game and whichever team one of them is going to drop points or one of them or both will drop points I think Arsenal can p- manoeuvre themselves into a really good position ahead of going to Anfield and you'd expect Alexis Sanchez. I mean, I'd be stunned if he doesn't pick him at Anfield for a second season in succession. You'd like to think. I mean, he said yesterday the presser, didn't he? That he's encouraged. He, he I'm still not absolutely convinced he won't end up travelling to Stoke for the game. He didn't. He didn't. It absolutely rule him out. He said, "I think it's going to come a little bit too soon." But he's been training for a week. Yeah. You know, he started training before the. Um, Leicester game it was on a Friday morning in fact yep. so it would have been over a week he'd have been training so I, I'm not I'm not convinced Wenger's not pulling a bit of a slide on there and you, we might well see him travel um, obviously that's just me guessing there's no inside knowledge on that but um, he'll certainly feature against Liverpool no doubt about that yep. it'll, be, it'll be another week of training under his belt for, for him unless he's suffered some sort of setback do we, do we save him for that? Sanchez play every single game. He doesn't even care, does he? I don't think you need to worry about saving Alexis Sanchez. He uh, he showed up at Stoke when he did done him with one leg last season. (laughs) (laughs) What you can do? That was quite heroic the way he managed to do that. Um, Selection problems. Um, I say a problem. Are we are we thinking Ramsey's going to start? Because Wenger's comments after the game, after Leicester game. He sounded like what he had completely heard on the side of caution with him, and that he said, "I didn't want to risk him from the start." He's had loads of niggly injuries, which have translated into three-month, four-month spells on the sidelines. So you can see that he's naturally quite keen to. Yeah, I, think, I mean, if there is any sort of lingering doubts, I don't think he'll risk him. Um, and also, Ramsey is targeted. At well, this is it, and I think he's. he's Shielded him before at Stoke Way, like not played him on purpose. Just he was on the bench that. last season. He came on. Yeah, so there is this the thing which about. was amidst Jacker and Ramsey's kind of partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cockerham played very well. He did. He had Surprisingly, a really, really, so. really good game. Yeah, but um, I know. I think if he's fully fit, he comes straight back into the team. The performance against Leicester when he came off the bench was pretty encouraging. The way he just sort of drove the team forward, and I think you, got the goal. you look at Ramsey now. You look at the end of last season and throughout the summer, in fact, and the start of this season, competitively scored three goals in his last three games. Scored against Everton, scored in the cup final, and then he scored against Leicester. He's getting into those positions. He did it all summer in the preseason games as well. I'm, I'm getting a little bit excited about what Ramsey could do this season. He seems to be. The goal against Leicester, for example, that was a, that was a goal of someone banging in confident fashion. He got it out of his feet perfectly. It was no 
With Ramsey, you always know when he's struggling with confidence-wise, he'll take an extra touch, he'll do something stupid which he shouldn't do. But it was all on instinct, that, that goal. It was a great touch, lovely finish. Um, the goal against Everton towards the end of last season, we curled in the top corner. The goal against Chelsea, getting into the right position. Um, I'm just a little bit excited. It's, it's beginning to see shades of the old Ramsey, not the one that we've seen in the last couple of years. So um, I, I think he walks straight back into the side, if, if he, as long as he's fit and there are no worries about his um, his muscles, whatever. Was it calf? It was calf. Yeah. I think um, a big thing this season, we, we really missed goals from central midfield. Mm. So like, if, if he can have one of those seasons like he did in 2014. He's got it in him. I mean, he's shown oh, he's got it. Yeah. He's got, shown he's he got can it hit double him. figures. He can but, get um, into the right position. If he, can, if he can just stay fit and we keep the same formation, which gives him that little bit of protection, and he, and he gets to the box more often, you know, I think we'll, we'll see at least a, a, a 10 goal season from him at least. Okay then. So, I, th- I think we're, we're more or less agreed on our starting 11, apart from... I think there's probably an elephant in the room in terms of position in Arsenal's starting eleven at the moment. And it's been interesting because you actually put a poll out on Twitter about it. I think it was a lot closer than I think both of us probably would have thought, actually. Very close. It was very close. Hector edged it. He did edge it. Now, we've got three of us here, and I I think we both know, and we can put our cases forward, but I, I would go for the Ox, you would go for Bellerin. Andy, you can have the casting <laughs> vote here on who, who, who you'd go for. It's a tough one. I mean... They both got their their strengths, haven't they? We know that the we know that Ox is probably better with his delivery in the final third. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe Bellerin offers that little bit of better defensive protection. I'm not sure he showed it against Leicester, but that was my that was my worry against yeah. Leicester. You know what? It's, it's a toss up. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, uh, oh, you I'll sit on the fence. fence and then I'll I'll leave it to the big man himself. <laughs> uh, for, for me, for Factor, you say he's. he's Maybe Oxlade Chamberlain's final balls were better, but you look at how many assists that Hector Bellerin's got in his time, it's better than anyone, I think, when it comes to right back to playing in the Premier League. Um, he, he sets up goals, he scores goals. Is he, and, is he, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but is he, is he, better, is he better as a right back than a right wing back in having know. someone to overlap? Possibly. Possibly it's a, it's a fair shout. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be overly bothered if Oxlade Chamberlain played a right wing back. I think he's he did very well I thought he deservedly had his place in the team last year because I thought Bellerin was poor he'd lost his confidence he'd had a, he had a difficult second half to the season but I think if he if both players are fit and in form and I thought Bellerin ended last couple of games last season well was great in the cup final um, he did well for Spain in the in the Euros and uh, I just think he looks fairly fit I don't think he's carrying any injury at the moment so for me I just think he's, he's our first choice right about that I don't think there's any question about that You've got Chamberlain into his final year of his contract, doubts over his future. You've got one player tied into a five-year deal who Arsenal have shown this summer's not going anywhere. They they value him highly. So um, I think he starts for me. But I'm not I'm not too bothered. I think you're right. Ox, Ox Charlie's, Charlie's sweet me now. I'm, I'm going for bettering. <laughs> Hector can start. There we go. <laughs> I'm sold. There we go. I'm sold. Yeah. But no one's going to complain if Oxlade Chamberlain no. starts. He's shown that he can. Yeah. He, he can how well he's playing. But you finally got the, finally got those splinters out your ass then, Andy. But yeah. This is the problem with Oxlade Chamberlain. <laughs> I've, again, I've written something that I haven't published yet on this. It's a, it's a real dilemma for Wenger now because he's got a year left in his contract. He wants him to stay. He keeps bigging him up. But when everyone's fit, he doesn't get in the Arsenal team, I don't think. And if you're trying to convince a player to stay and commit the next four years of your career to to you, and that you're the manager to get the best out of him, but you're not picking him, he's not going to stay. It's a real it's a real dilemma he's facing now. With a couple of weeks left in the window, and with Chelsea clearly keen to take him and possibly going to submit a very big bid in the coming days, 
it's like it, it's a big it's a big dilemma how he manages the whole situation would you sell him now. I would sell him yeah I don't want to sell him I absolutely want I, I, but in this context I, I just think it's I just think he's not gonna, I don't think he's going to sign a new deal yep. and I think with Sanchez you you put that out of the equation and think sod it I'll have him for another because year he's that good. yeah he's that good but with Ox when he's not a guaranteed starter in your team if someone's offering you 35 million even if it's Chelsea for someone who's not going to play if everyone's fit I think you take it. Well, it's, it's, it's the only position that he is, does get in is the right wing back slot where where Bellerin plays. Where Bellerin, but I think Bellerin long term he's going to well, he's going to yeah. be that position. I think Ox at the moment he's playing a lot of football, but he's playing a lot of football as a sort of makeshift filling e- everywhere around the team. But if everyone's fit, but then is that is that not a catch twenty two in that he's not he's not being given that opportunity? So if he did play ahead of Bellerin, which at this moment in time. I feel but he like doesn't want to play as right wing back. That's the thing. Are you, are you going to convince him to stay by saying, "All right, you can be right wing back for the next four years"? True, but at the same time, he wants first team football. Ultimately, that is that's his goal. Mm. And if that's the slot in the team, and and if I'm Wenger, I'm also saying to him, and maybe maybe this is partly his thinking behind not going. We understand. I mean, you were there at Colney yesterday and got the impression that incomings are looking less and less likely is that part of the the conversation with Ox that he said that he will give him more assurances of, of minutes in, in central midfield I'm speculating but possibly but I don't know I, I look at that central midfield if Shaq or Ramsey aren't fit is Ox going to walk into that team I'm not sure he, I, I'm not he, still not sure he gets in ahead of even Coquelin or, or El Nenny at the moment I just don't think he's done enough to get in that in that side, it's, it's a real it's a real tough one. I think Venga, I, I, Venga's my, got my massive decisions. My to issue make. with selling him is I I think he's absolutely the player that comes back and haunts us. But, absolutely, but, and I agree that may well be the case. But if he's not going to sign a new deal, he's going to come back and haunt us anyway because he's going to go in in a year's True. time for free. True. I think I, I wouldn't sell him absolutely yeah. if he was committed committed to Arsenal. Yeah, no, no, that's no chance. But the fact is, I'm pretty certain Ox is going to walk away. He's just by who his yeah. agent is. I'm pretty sure he's going to walk away. Yeah. I agree. I agree. The only reason we'd sell him is just just to cash in now yeah. to prevent him from walking away free. But I agree with both of you. I think he's you know he's he's one of those invaluable squad members because he's so versatile. He can fill in so many different positions. But I think that's the problem. He's he's sort of a victim of his own versatility. Mm-hmm. He's like a six out of ten player in about five positions. I, he's I, not quite that top player in in any one nailed position. So I honestly think Arsenal have more chance of keeping Sanchez than they ever say Chamberlain. I just don't think Chamberlain stays. I think it, it's not it's not a question of money. I mean Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Would, comfortably offered him enough to, to stay put away I mean I'm sure of it but I just don't think he sees his future at Arsenal I think he wants to go and move on somewhere and become if, if, if you believe what you read though you know, apparently Chelsea want to sign him to as an upgrade to Moses and you know, would he start as a right wing back for Chelsea I think mean, that would be so bizarre if we saw him starting week in yep. week out as a right wing back for the champions and, it's just like, and then I think if, even if they signed him as right wing back I think they'd end up signing a permanent right, right wing back on top of that maybe as well at some point he's just not a right wing back I, don't, mm. I think he's played well there but yeah, um, no. he's certainly if, not if, a left wing back. If he's, that, that was the the, no, the, the big takeaway no. from the Leicester game, which is why I want Kalasenac against Stoke. We'll, we'll, we'll have to be fairly swift, lads. Unfortunately, but um, a, a let's get your predictions first. So, what are we going with on Saturday? Three-one Arsenal. Oh, I was going to do three-one Arsenal. Two-nil Arsenal. Clean sheet. I um, two-goal margin all round. That'll be some points for Kalasenac for me. Easy. Despite bigging up the fact that I think Stoke might be up for it, I think you're right. I think if you get through the first 20 minutes, 
yeah. you are looking fairly comfortable. I, I look at their team and I'm not, I'm not impressed. I don't see the threat, I think particularly they, with Berahino as the as the main striker. I think they might go down. I generally think they. I think, I think they're they're, they're in for a relegation fight this season. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll just conclude, Charlie, with a bit of a bit of a quick wrap up on on transfer news. So incomings, outgoings. What's the latest as we understand it? Not much. Unfortunately, incomings. It's looking. It's looking more and more like Arsenal are done for the for the summer. I'm not ruling it out completely, but the the noises coming out of Arsenal certainly seems that unless something presents itself out of nowhere, Julian Draxler, Julian Draxler <laughs> then um, then uh, it's not looking possible. It's like Monaco are refusing to sell. Arsenal aren't going to offer enough money to sort of tempt them into business. We've seen Manchester United now suddenly interested in Lamar. Maybe they will offer Monaco enough money, but doesn't look like Arsenal are going to so um, like I said unless something really comes out of blue that they think you know we've got a good chance here against someone done someone done Draxler you never know it's been interested before um, but yeah I'm beginning to come around to the fact that they might not get anything done This the Serie one's interesting we'll see what happens with them in the Champions League but 2-0 defeat last night of course it, and they went down to nine men they look like and were completely they? outplayed yeah, like it yeah. could the tie could have been over last night it, it looks like they're, they're heading out so that, that might have a, that might have a um, an effect on it but there seems to be other clubs interested in Serie as well it'll come down possibly come down to money or whoever if anyone activates a release clause, but and managing to offload players first, not yeah, not looking lightly in terms of outgoings. Gabriel's about a, about to be the first one out the door after Chesney anyway, and there'll be should be plenty more that follow him. It's just a shame that it's two weeks to go and they're still doing this. It could have been sorted a long time ago. Do you think? Do you think they will change their mind a bit on Callum Chambers, or do you think it will still go? No, get I, rid think, of I think he'll go. I think I don't think he'll. Um, I don't think Wenger sees him sort of long term now. I think he sees. Rob Holding's moved firmly ahead of him in, in that regard. He's got three experienced centre backs in Koscielny, Mustafi. Definitely Mertesaki. a position we're going to have to address a bit further. Don't got, we? I, I think next summer will be a centre back will be a, a sort of big area they try and improve next summer. But I don't think I don't think it will be this this summer. And I can see see Chambers going. It might be that he goes out alone again. But um, I can see him. I think I'm, that might suit. I'm not sure he's going to end up. Well, I'm not sure anyone's going to pay the money to get him uh, permanently. So I think it might end up having to be another another loan deal. Okay. Fantastic. Um, by the way, Arsenal fans, if you've got any questions for us ahead of next week's pod, we'll be back uh, at some stage following the Stoke game. I don't know when Charlie will be. When will you be with us next week? I'm trying to think. Thursday, I think. If Probably. We can make this a regular, a regular start. If, a regular, if the press is on Wednesday again. A regular fixture for the 2017-18 season. So if there's any questions in the meantime that you've got for us, uh, get in touch with either myself, Charlie, or Andy. Uh, on Twitter um, we're also on Facebook too um, so drop us a comment and uh, we'll see what we can do thanks for joining us again and uh, enjoy enjoy the Stoke game